Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Stephanie. I'm passionately dedicated to my close circle. My family and best friends know me best, and as an introvert, I'm likely to keep it that way. And I'm Brianna. I'm a people person with a very large network. It's dizzying to most, and especially to my introverted BFF. (laughs) Join us this season as we dive into relationships. From dating and romance to friendships and family, both the blood and chosen types, we will explore it all. Hi, Steph. Welcome to season three, episode three, where today we are going to talk all about the relationships we have with our family unit, from parents to brothers to cousins to in-laws. How do we maintain all these relationships and how do our personalities impact the way we approach these familial relationships? We're going to dig into all of that today. But first, let's start with a life update. Brie, what is going on in your world? In recording time, Christmas has just passed. Bye-bye Christmas. Bye-bye Christmas. Hello New Year's. Although by the time this episode drops, we will be firmly into 2023. Maybe even into February? I don't know when we're in we're releasing this but all right well I'm going to relieve our listening audience because in episode one of this season I mentioned that I started PT and that we were taking bets on will I drive before 2023 and she's driving they see me rolling, they hating. Yeah, so I'm driving right and dirty. No, I am driving locally, and it's going well. Not too much ankle pain, so we are making additional progress. That's it feels amazing. real good. It yeah. feels real good. Yeah, the whole like not being able to drive anywhere had to be real tough on our little Enneagram 2, <laughs> who doesn't like, who wants to do everything for everyone else, but struggles when other people have to do things for her. It was also hard for extroverted Brie because I couldn't go out and socialize freely of my own, like, free will. No. I had to have Portion chauffeur me around. (laughs) Which he He did willingly. He brought me to two book clubs. (laughs) He did. That was so cute. Every doctor's appointment. I think he's just happy he doesn't have to drive me to PT anymore. Yeah. How's PT going? It's going really well. We did an assessment like right before Christmas and they measured my range of motions. So when I first went in, they did like an initial assessment to figure out how much I could move my foot up and down, side to side. They measure hip strength, stuff like that. They have all sorts of fancy like protractor looking tools to like measure it so they know what typical range of motion should be like in degrees I don't know and they knew where I was which was (laughs) not much turns out when you don't walk on a foot for two months things don't move well yeah muscles are stiff they atrophy the swelling has gone down significantly I only have about two centimeters of swelling which is considered very mild and I've gotten back almost 100% range of motion in one direction so the other three still need work but there's notable improvement I can do things I couldn't do initially like I can squat I can do like a calf raise like raise my heels Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that can stand on the bad leg couldn't do that initially so there's definitely a lot of measurable progress but there's like probably a couple more weeks to go yeah so we'll call it like 75% of the way there that's a lot of the way there. That's a passing time, grade. Yeah. It is <laughs> I can indeed. graduate. No, just kidding. <laughs> I have to get to 100% first. So that way I can say with a degree of certainty that I have restored my range of motion and I can function, quote unquote, as normal. Meaning there's no pain with like normal and activities that I would do. So that includes like lunging at the gym or doing step ups yeah. at the gym. Like that's 
normal activity for me, I should not have pain doing those. So once I get there, then I'm done. Then I'm done. Then I'm done. All right. What about you? What's going on? Well, yes, we are just a few days removed from the Christmas holiday, which was lovely. And we talked about this a little off mic, but I wanted to talk about it on mic just for anyone else who might be in the same boat I am in. So I grew up very conservative Christian, believed in everything like the evangelical Christian church told me to. And then I realized that there was a lot of things that I didn't agree with. And so I stopped going to church, haven't been to church in probably over a decade, maybe, or at least going regularly. And so for Christmas Eve, my mom really wanted us to go to a Christmas Eve candlelight service. So I found one at an affirming church. I was like, well, we're going to go to a Christmas Eve candlelight service. I'm going to make sure it's a church I can be welcomed at. (laughs) So we went to an affirming church that has a mission that like totally jives with who I am as a person. They accept every person, like no matter your sexual identity, your ableness, your economic situation, your anything like that. And I saw lots of like queer couples in the audience, which is great that like people could just like be together, like as a queer couple in a church, which is something growing up you had to hide if you were queer in a church community. But here you don't have to. And that's really lovely. They have on their program, they talked about gender pronouns and how it's important to ask what people's pronouns are because it's just a good thing to do. It's not like we're not making a political statement here. We're just saying like this is a good thing to do because it can be very hurtful if you use someone's wrong pronouns, which I was like, oh my God, I love this. And then when the pastor got up, he's like, I am pastor blah, blah, blah. My pronouns are he, him, his. And I was like, oh my God, I've never heard a pastor give his pronouns in a church. Sarah, not a church, a church service. So anyway, it was just like, really cool to see all of this happening in a church setting and I'm very interested in going to this church sometime next year and really seeing what they're all about when they're doing just a regular church service because I I can't say I've really missed being in a church just because being in a church was a very hurtful place for me for so many years But if I could find a church that is doing things right and is has a lot of the same values I hold, I might be interested in trying it out again and seeing if I could find a community that would accept me. So all that to say, that was a long window way of just saying I went to a really cool candlelight church service. And if you're local, it is Allendale United Methodist Church in St. Petersburg. That's where I went. I will a link in the show notes so if you want to attend this cool church that's doing everything right then you can that's so nice there's a disney movie you should watch it did not do well in the box office because of how inclusive it is if we're gonna get into it there were a lot of countries that refused to show it really yeah it's called strange world i don't even think i've heard of this and it addresses by simply not addressing and just having exist in the universe interracial marriage non-heterosexual relationships and i mean like they they don't they just like gloss over it like the grandson tells the grandfather that he's got a crush on a cute boy and the grandfather says well you know how to woo a person right Uh, like (laughs) not like without a blink like without like just very inclusive it was a great movie and also, the dog is the star of the movie. I mean, as and every any, dog should be. Any any animated film that has like a animal sidekick is a okay with me. But I think you would really enjoy it because okay. inclusivity should just be part of normal everyday activity. Yeah, and yeah, so that, yeah, this movie was great. So I think you would like it. Yeah, it's just it's crazy that I have to be like, here's a church doing things different. And it's just like, we're just actually following the Bible and being loving to everybody. (laughs) But that's what life is like these days. 
What a concept. Yeah. Okie dokie. So let us dive into today's topic all about our family relationships. And I wanted to start by going over some of the logistics. So Brie, in your family, who do you spend the most time with and how often do you see them? Ooh, that's a good question. Technically, my husband. (laughs) And I live with him, so I spend every waking moment with him. Not quite every waking moment, but a lot of time. Sean. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I would love to spend every waking moment with you, Brie. I'm sure you would, especially when I'm hangry (laughs) or stressed about something with work. Yeah. I'm just a ball of sunshine all the time. Outside of Sean, I would say probably my parents. And I see them every couple months because we live like a three and a half hour drive away from them. And about as often we see Sean's parents, so my in-laws. And usually we wrap in a visit with an aunt and uncle when that happens both for visiting my parents and visiting sean's so we'll call it a couple times a year okay how much how many how often do you see your brother i really only see him a couple times a year so thanksgiving yeah and one or two other weekends a year we make a point to go visit my parents on the same weekend Mm, yeah Sometimes usually like a long weekend, like a Memorial Day weekend or something. So that's about as often as I see him. And that's because he moved back to South Florida. So he's he's a four and a half hour drive away. When he lived here in St. Pete, I saw him like every other week. (laughs) He would come over for dinner and stuff like that. I miss that. That was really nice. Yeah. Now your frequency with which you see your family is way different. (laughs) Yes. So I see my mom the most out of everyone she is a five minute drive from me and so I see her probably a few times a week at least at at the very least I see her at least once a week but usually multiple times a week and we talk to each other on FaceTime every day which is something we started doing during the pandemic when we were like both super locked down and we're like we can't see anybody so we would like facetime with each other so i could like see a person and then we just keep doing that now and that's really nice so we probably facetime with each other like multiple times a day so she's the one i spend the most time with and then i see my brother at least once a week sometimes it's like every other week outside of football season because I'll see him and my older nephew every week during football season to watch the games. And then outside of football season, I'll see him and my nephews every other week because we do a game night, which I've talked about before. So that's how often I see those two people in my life. And then I have a bunch of extended family that lives nearby, but I don't actually see them a lot. I think the only person I see the most is my cousin and her daughter. We go, we try to do a monthly dinner date if we can sometimes it's like every other month if things get busy but that's about the extent of how much I see my family that's that's a lot it's a lot yeah I'm kind of envious (laughs) but it's funny you mentioning FaceTime if we can count that as seeing my family I see my parents a couple times a week I the wonders of yeah modern technology I do FaceTime my mom and dad at least once a week minimum yeah. I and just... I have to FaceTime them separately. Okay. It's rare that they're together and I can just get a two-for-one special. Yeah. <laughs> so it's two FaceTime calls. Yeah. I also wonder, like, getting them together on one screen might be difficult. Yes. Because my mom on FaceTime is fun sometimes. So <laughs> she's trying to, like, a lot of times she'll try to show me her nails on FaceTime and she hasn't quite figured out how to show me her nails so it's it's my favorite thing i love you mom i'm not making fun of you i think it's adorable it is adorable (laughs) okay so when you do see your family what are some of the things you guys tend to do together eat eat there's so much food involved there's that saying i don't know where it originated and what type of saying you would say it is but like the kitchen is the heart of the home 
I think it's like the heart of my family unit too. Yeah. I mean, most Jewish holidays are focused around a meal, mm-hmm. either eating or on Yom Kippur, not eating. But like Passover, there's Passover Seder, Rosh Hashanah. We'd like, there's like symbolism with dipping apples in honey. I mean, like literally every holiday is centered around food. Yeah. And frankly, my mom originally being raised as like Roman Catholic, there's also a lot of food elements involved in holidays. Like Christmas is like, the like the the supper of seven fishes or something like that i don't know we're really getting into dangerous territory where i don't really know what i'm talking <laughs> no about idea, yeah. easter is usually a big to do stuff like yeah. that also my mom is just a cook yeah um and yeah and when i get to see my family from out of town there's it's like very celebratory because we don't get to see each other that often like my cousins are and my aunt live in New York, for example. So when they come down, like it's a, we, we make a point to go out to a nice meal or go out to mm-hmm. brunch and mom will cook like a big Sunday dinner kind of thing. So we usually scrabble. Ooh, I love scrabble. Is pulled out, especially if my aunt Robin and my aunt Rose are around. Those two are vicious when it comes to scrabble. <laughs> If you're like looking for a casual game, they are not your opponents. I'm really curious. I got my mom Bananagrams. Yes. As a gift after Amber introduced us to it. Gosh, I love Bananagrams. So good. And when my mom came when I broke my ankle, Amber came over with Bananagrams, introduced my mom to it, and she loved it. So I, of course, had to buy it for her. I'm wondering if she'll teach either of my aunts how to play. Because I think if you love Scrabble, you'll definitely like yeah. Bananagrams. I think she has to, and I need to know how competitive they get. <laughs> yeah, and when I get together with my in-laws, food is also involved. There, and I would say even more so, alcohol, especially if it's Sean's dad's side of the family. <laughs> Lots of drinking. But games actually come out there too. Every holiday that I can think of, for the most part, especially around Christmas, left, right, center gets pulled out. Have you ever heard of, heard of it? No. It's literally a it's a betting game and it's like totally chance and it involves two it involves three die three die mm-hmm. three dice three, three die. die one die three one die three dice okay three die and each dice has three dots and then one die has three dots three l's one has three dots three r's and one has three dots three c's i think and so to play you have to come to the table with three dollar bills so mm-hmm. in sean's family they play with singles so you start with three dollar bills and based on what you roll if you get a dot you get to keep your dollar bill okay. if you get an l you have to give a dollar bill to the person on your left if you get a right an r you have to give a dollar bill to the person on your right and if you get the c for center you put a dollar bill into the center pot gotcha and you, you roll the you like once it's your turn, it the dice get passed on to the next person. And the point is to be the last person with a dollar bill. Mm. And then you get to take the whole pot. Nice. Because eventually every dollar ends up in the center. Yeah. So you want to be the last person with money. That's fun. It is rowdy. Yeah. Because if you want to accumulate more dollars like you want the person next to you to like roll the left or roll the right so that way the dollar bill gets put mm-hmm. into your personal pot yeah yeah so it it gets rowdy there's a lot of screaming i feel like i really want to play this with book club and see how rowdy we get sure it <laughs> works best with a large group yeah and you know sean having 24 first cousins any get together oh. is large wow. group yeah oh yeah Big in-law family. Big <laughs> in-law family. Which is so different from like my family. Mm-hmm. Like my blood relations, very few in numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so different. But yeah, that's that's what get-togethers typically involve. Food, drinking in certain circumstances, and then and usually a, a board game of sorts or a betting game. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that sounds fun. Games are also kind of central to 
what you do with your family. Yes, games are big in our family. We love games. We love all kinds of board games. think our favorite might be categories. Even my youngest nephew gets in on it and he has some really good answers that he says because we're just like, wow. Is he I seven now? Yeah, he's seven. He'll be eight in, well, turning eight very soon when this episode released because he turns eight in February. Oh, my goodness. So, but he, he has a lot of good answers. So that's like one of our favorites. We also do a lot of like trivia games that my brother hates and Monopoly. We love Monopoly. People hate it, but we find it very fun. So those are some of the, yeah, game nights. We love a good game night. Football is also big in our family. We obviously do come over to our mom's house and just watch football all day every Sunday. So that's fun. During playoff time, we try to watch all the playoff games, which gets very intense now because there's like multiple games on Saturdays and Sundays and it's it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Sean's family had has Giants fans so yeah. that game was on and drew a lot of noise mm-hmm. and my mother-in-law's a Cowboys fan and <laughs> yeah you see where this is going yeah. and I FaceTime my family and as you know the Dolphin game was on Christmas Day and we don't yeah. talk about that game I'm so sorry <laughs> football is big in the south yeah yeah so football is big for us that's something we gather around together for and for with my mom, my mom and I love obviously vacationing together, cruising together, stuff like that. That's something we enjoy doing together. We also do a lot of shopping together. We shop a lot together, like especially during like this like holiday season, we do a lot of like, hey, let's just go check out TJ Maxx and Home Goods for stuff for Christmas and then we just enjoy going out together and looking for Christmas presents and Christmas decor and all that good stuff. And then one of the things my mom and I enjoy doing together is just TV shows. We don't always like watch them together, but we will like debrief with each other after we watch like Survivor. And then we'll like call each other and be like, what did you think of this show? And then we'll do like drafts with each other for like the survivor players and stuff like that so that's just another way we kind of show our love to each other and hang out and all that good stuff that's Um, so fun yeah it's fun okay let's talk about some of the ways you keep in touch with your family members starting with your nuclear family like your mom and your dad and your brother and then like going outward to extended family and in-laws. How do you keep in touch with everyone? This is going to shock you. I'm not that good. Oh, interesting. Yeah, my parents, I call and text frequently. Yeah. And then it kind of takes a sharp turn from there. My brother is occasional. You get to my aunts, uncles, and cousins. It becomes even less frequent, Mm -hmm. like every few weeks. And it's usually something random. I'm texting with my cousins, two of my cousins in particular, a lot more. We're in a similar age and area of life. And there's also a wedding involved that I'm a bridesmaid in. Mm -hmm. So there's more frequent (laughs) communications there. One, because of the special event, but two, just because we have a lot more in common now. But largely infrequent and primarily by phone call. Although text message with the with the younger folks for sure, and honestly, even my parents, I text my my mom and dad a lot, and my brother, we actually speak on the phone more than we text, which I think people find interesting. That is and the interesting. Social media is also really big with my aunts yeah. and uncles. They're like very happy to be messaging me on like the Facebook Messenger or Instagram chat. Yeah. They're very, they're all too happy to communicate with me on there. And I communicate with my in-laws a lot that way too, particularly my cousin's in-law. Very active participating with them via social media, which is, I know, not that personal outreachy, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, And I'm not one of the crew who sends out greeting cards. 
no i don't mail birthday cards i don't mail out a holiday card Mm -hmm. i love getting them though so you would think i would start to send those out because i like them i like receiving them why not give them but i i don't know i don't really know what my blocker is other than life makes me tired (laughs) yeah and i'm just not around them a lot yeah i get that i think like social media has really changed the way we interact with like extended family i mean this is not a new (laughs) thing i'm saying but it is a different way where we can be we can interact with our extended family in a way we never were before where before we would only see them for holidays and things like that or they might mail you a birthday card but you weren't obviously having phone calls with you know your aunt on your dad's side you know you were just seeing them like once a year or something like that and now we have a lot more access to them and I think social media is a good way to stay in touch with people like that where it's like I don't need to be talking to you every day I don't need to tell you everything about my life but you do get to see different parts of my life that I choose to share on social media and when we do get together we can talk about other things if we want but like this is just like this kind of relationship where we connect over social media yeah so thank you that makes you feel a little bit better (laughs) yeah i'm here to help so for me obviously i text and facetime with my mom frequently so frequently that if she does not respond to a facebook or a facetime or a text message within a reasonable amount of time and that reasonable amount of time is about five minutes I am concerned that she has died. I mean, I hold my parents to a similar standard. Mm -hmm. My mom has always been bad about answering the phone, but I know she'll always call me back same day. Yeah. So she gets a same day window. Mm -hmm. My dad almost never misses. So when he misses, I start to panic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it is with my mom. Like, Mm -hmm. where is she? Why isn't she answering her phone? She's gotten better about being like, hey, I'll call you in five minutes or I'm out doing something. I'll call you. And I'm like, thank you. Jackie does that to me. Yeah. Like, because I call her and she'll be like, "Mm, still in the OR. At work. Can't can't talk. Uh, And my dad's actually been working on resetting my expectations for Mm -hmm. him answering my calls because he's semi retired now. Yeah. So. He does golf four days a week. When he's golfing, he ain't answering the phone. But I could be having a mid-morning crisis at work and I need him to answer me. So, you know, he's he's trying to retrain me. I don't love it. I'm trying to get better about like, just because she doesn't answer the phone doesn't mean she's dead. It might mean she's taking a nap or especially if it's like in the middle of the work day. Because then I'm like, what if something happened at work? A a shooter came into her job and like that's where my brain goes if anybody wants to know that's like immediately where my brain goes and i'm just like or maybe she's just busy at work stephanie so but anyway i frequently with my mom on facetime and texting with my brother it's mostly texting i we do not really talk on the phone he talks on the phone with my mom a lot but like we are just straight texting relationship we do a lot more like in person we're better with each other but um i can't remember the last time i had a phone conversation with him and i think the last few times he has called me has been on accident so that's always fun to get a butt dial and then with my extended family mostly like you social media lots of instagram messaging some texting here and there Facebook Messenger for some family members who are on Facebook, but not really that active on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I keep in touch with them. So let's talk a minute about personality. So how does your personality, all the different facets of it, from your Enneagram type to your love language to your astrological sign, your Hogwarts house, all of them. Let's talk about all of them. How does that impact the way you interact with your family members? That is a good question. So I am my mother's daughter. 
Yes. My mother is absolutely a type two. My mother is absolutely extroverted. My mother is a Hufflepuff. My mom is also a Virgo. <laughs> I don't know what her Myers-Briggs is. But otherwise, we are identical. Yeah. And we operate kind of similarly. We will drop what we're doing at the drop of a hat to show up for whoever needs us. We'll extend the helping hand. You can borrow what you need from us. And we're like the caretakers. We're the hosts. My mom is constantly cooking for everyone. And she's the one who's also insisting she clean. Like, no, 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 you don't have to help, whatever. And I'm very similar to that. What about you? So my family, we have a good amount of like introverts to extroverts. But we do have, I feel like, a fair number of extroverts. So it's easy to sort of feel like the odd one out or the one who... I'm not entering even like a holiday gathering and I'm like when I enter a holiday gathering and there are people there I often feel like I mentioned this in our events it's just like I often feel like oh my god like things are happening and I get very overwhelmed so like being that introvert can be a little hard in my family although my mom and my brother are both introverts so if they're at a party at least I know I have them. I'm also an Enneagram 9 so any sort of family strife is hard for me. I just want everyone in our family to get along. I want everyone to be happy with everyone which is not reasonable for most families. Like every family has their issues and problems and like we all deal with it and it's just like a little hard for me as an Enneagram 9. I hate disappointing family members if I can't come to a family event. My cousin had like a fun Christmas gathering this year but with our the way we do Christmas within like my nuclear family it just didn't work out for us being able to go to that and I still feel like she hates me because I wasn't able to go, even though I know that's not true. So that's a problem. And then I think another part of my personality is just I'm less likely to reach out to people and make plans with them, like especially with family or just like, hey, Easter's coming up. Let's do this thing for Easter and get the whole family together. That's just like not my personality to do that, even though I'm going to try Like we said in our events episode, we're going to try to be the adults in the family. That is our goal this year. Yes. We got this stuff. We can do it. We can do it. Mm -hmm. I think Sean and I are going to try for Thanksgiving. Ooh, hosting Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's going to be a big one. I think so. I love it. We'll see. Yeah. Hard we'll see, but I think we're going to start there. I love it. The last thing I wanted to talk about was traveling to visit family, which I know you do more than I do. So how often are you traveling? What are the sleeping arrangements like? How do you feel about traveling to visit family without giving too much of the details because this is a public podcast? (laughs) Sure. So being an adult now and my cousins being adults, now when I go to New York, I used to stay with my aunt and uncle who have since relocated to Florida. So I don't stay with them anymore. So now when I go to New York, my cousins each have their own place. Aw. I know. Like before, you know, my my aunt, uncle, and cousins lived in the same apartment. There wasn't really a ton of space to host guests. Whereas now they each have their own place with a guest room. So I can stay with them. I know. I'm so proud. We can do it. Us us (laughs) millennials and ex-annuals. We can be homeowners. Just might look a little different for everyone. Yeah. But, you know, they're in their mid till late 30s and they both just recently got their own places in new york actually one's in in jersey technically but i digress (laughs) so i'll go and stay in in a guest room now and i do prefer to travel now with sean i used to do a lot of solo traveling now i don't like to be separated from him too long i just miss him a lot that is so cute i know that sounds like really cheesy but it's true like i think because we're just around each other all the time like he is my closest family so i just Mm. like to have him around and it's nice because he often is happy to do so. Yeah. We travel. I think it's a good thing too, to, to like miss your husband and yeah. want to be around him. That's a good sign. Yeah. I think our relationship is <laughs> pretty healthy. We do travel to his parents and my parents the most frequently otherwise. And we no longer have a room at our parents' homes. So we sleep in a <laughs> guest room arrangement. Yeah. Together. And then actually, my parents ended up 
upsizing. So when my brother oh. graduated college, they downsized to a two-bedroom condo. Realized quickly that's not enough space if Adam and I go home to visit at the same time. Mm, not enough yeah. beds. Not enough beds. Cause Gotta go to the inn. As adults, you need to have separate spaces. <laughs> so they actually upsized that's after funny. doing that <laughs> to a three-bedroom. So that way there were enough beds for us all. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Always taking care of us. Forever a financial no. burden. Yes. What a title I have. Financial burden for life. And luckily to visit most of my family, it's just driving. Driving and driving. Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half hours, four and a half hours each way. Lots of driving, yeah. But it's not a bad deal. And both sets of parents allow us to bring the dogs. That's a good arrangement too. Yes, I'm very grateful for that because they're big. They're big. They make a mess. Not on purpose, but they're dogs. They shed. They're messy when they drink water. They tighten spits kibble out like at least they're cute like they make up for it and they're like pretty quiet and they're like easy to have around so Mm -hmm. they're not like a total burden but yeah i mean that's like the kind of mess that's like okay because you can like easily clean up like water spills and kibble it's like better than like oh they like ruin the furniture and they (laughs) chew everything in sight so at least they're not doing that yeah they're not destructive yeah they're just messy they but just, like a quick vacuum and like a towel under the water bowl we're okay good. yeah yeah so yeah do a lot of traveling less flying these days than i used to there used to be at least a biannual trip to new york to make the rounds mm-hmm. that doesn't really happen so much anymore the pandemic really yeah impacted travel but now i'm going to new york all the time because i travel for work so i like fit in family visits when i do that now which is really nice (laughs) yeah and when i'm put up in a hotel like come meet me in the city yeah if we have a little too much you can come back to the hotel with me for a bit yeah i love that yeah yeah we i don't do a ton of traveling to visit family because most of my family is here the only family I would travel to visit is my family in Georgia, which we haven't visited them in a really long time. And I think maybe that's a goal for next year is, or a goal for this year, because mm-hmm. it's 2023 when you're listening to this, is to go visit them on like a long weekend. Because Where we, in Georgia? They're in Cartersville. Okay. Is, give me a big city to put that It's like against. right by Atlanta. Ah, they're, they're very close to Atlanta. So we want, I want to like maybe do like a memorial day or labor day or something to visit them and just hang out and because we love them and we miss them so that's the only time we would travel usually we'll stay with them and like I always get very I think this is just my personality where I get very anxious about being in somebody else's space and having to like just live in a different person's space and I feel like I'm like taking up too much space and like oh when am I gonna go to bed when am I gonna take my shower when Mm -hmm. you know it's just like there's a lot of like logistics that like I think about a lot so I always prefer like stay in a hotel and like I have my own space there I understand that especially because like my parents don't live in my childhood home Mm -hmm. okay they've relocated technically twice since so for me, it doesn't feel like my home. It's my parents' home. But frequency has helped. And so now I feel comfortable. Like I know where my mom stores things in the kitchen. Yeah. And so like for me to help myself is not yeah. a big deal anymore. It used to be. Mm-hmm. Now it's not. I'm so comfortable as to when I want to, I'll take a shower in their master shower. Because it's nicer. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a while at my in-law's place too mm. like to really feel comfortable just like going into the fridge to get a drink yes exactly or like, or just like when that. i'm tired saying all right i'm going to bed mm-hmm. like yep. i don't want to be rude but i'm going to bed like <laughs> now i just say all right bedtime good night <laughs> like yeah yeah it's probably just something that. like if i visited them like every year i'd get like more comfortable with it but the mm-hmm. fact that i don't really do that that often there is that just like oh is this okay where where are things located and all of that but cool well that is our discussions on families and how we interact with our families and how our personalities impact the way we are with our families and i said of families a lot of times do you have any tips for the episode remember that the phone works both ways Ooh, girl 
Yes. So not everyone has positive relationships with their family. We're both very blessed in that we have people in our families that we love and that support us. I have a lot of family that is cut off. They cut me off or I was too young to be around, like to be like part of that. Like they Mm -hmm. became estranged when I was very little and I have no means to try and reach back out. So I have some unhealthy family relationships and for a very long time, it used to make me feel like sick to my stomach that I have family out there that I have no relationship with. But I did what I could when I was able to, to try and reach out to some of those people. And sometimes I was met with no response, which is telling. And sometimes I met with a, oh yeah. And then basically like essentially ghosted. Like, so I put in, I put out my effort and then I felt bad. I felt really bad. And as a people pleaser, I, and like a type two, like when you want to help and be there for people and like you reach out to someone and you're met with silence or a brick wall, it feels horrible and I used to place a lot of blame on myself like something's wrong with me and I'm not worthy and blah 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 no there is responsibility on the other person in your family absolutely just because you're related either by blood or by marriage does not a good family member make so the phone works both ways and it's okay if the line goes dead yeah you can build strong relationships with people who love you and who matter and who are significant. You can have acquaintanceships with extended family that you really don't yeah. get to see that much, but there's no malice and things are fun and jovial when you're together. And you can, and it's okay to just not have a relationship with certain people. It is exactly. a-okay yeah. and it's healthy. And you can even have chosen family. I have yeah. a lot of chosen family. Like my mom, like for a great example is my mom's best friend is my aunt Annette. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. more about her than I know about most people in this world. <laughs> and I know I can call her crying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if mom doesn't answer, I know I can call her. She is not related to me in any way, shape, or form. But as far as I'm concerned, she is my aunt. So you can have your chosen family, too. And phones work two ways with them as well. Luckily, our relationship via phone <laughs> is just fine. But moral of the story is, phone works both ways. The phone does work both ways. That kind of goes into my tip where... My tip is that it's okay if your family doesn't look the way you want it to. Like Bree said, we all have like parts of our family that we don't talk to. I am estranged from my own father. He is alive and well, at least as far as I know, but I don't have any relationship with him at all. I don't have any contact with him. I don't know how he's doing, but I do know he's alive. That means I don't, I also don't have any contact with my father's side of the family. That was part, partly because of him and the way he treated them. And that just trickled down to us, which Mm -hmm. isn't fair, but I also understand where they are coming from because he was not a great person for them. So I don't have any contact with a whole side of my family and it's a big part it's a big side my father had four brothers and a sister so that's a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins that I don't know how they're doing or what they're doing or who they are at all and also within my family I do know there's a lot a lot of aunts and uncles that I don't really talk to that much and we don't really have a relationship and I can get down on myself a lot when I realize like, oh, look at all these people, especially when you're looking on like movies and TV shows and like the internet and everyone has like this perfect extended family and look at them and they're perfect PJs on Christmas. And, you know, first of all, you're seeing a highlight reel. Yep. You don't really know how things are. Secondly, t- movies and TV shows are aspirational for a reason, but just because your family doesn't look the way you want it to doesn't mean that your family that you do have isn't important and who you need to have in your life and as we Brie was saying you have chosen family that can be that family for you if you do not have contact with your family for any number of reasons so that's that's our tips like just recognize the family you do have and find your chosen family if the family you do have isn't what you need beautifully said yay okay 
Now for fun stuff, let's talk about our obsessions. Brie, what are you obsessed with this week? This week, I plowed through a documentary. I texted you about it. Oh, yes. Last night. So as mentioned, one of my favorite podcasts is My Favorite Murder. We don't have favorite podcasts. You, This is your favorite podcast. Okay, okay my favorite on. true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll categorize it. Love you, Karen. Love you, Georgia. I wish they knew me. And how much I love them. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, they, a couple weeks ago now, like, I've very backlogged because I'm not commuting anymore. So with all the recent holiday travel, I've started to catch up on episodes. And they did an episode a few weeks ago about a lady named Gwen Shamblin, who I had never heard of this story. She developed a weight loss ministry called the way down way spelled w-e-i-g-h of course like like way Way. like weight like body weight the way down i guess stemmed from she was studying to be a dietitian in college and like studied how skinny people people ate and then like made a connection to god with it somehow and then like created a whole (laughs) program and it was like wildly successful and then she started her own church Oh. But that church basically became a cult. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that is still active today. What? Yeah. And so HBO has a documentary called The Way Down, Way being like W-A-Y, like the direction down yes. about her. And fun, I, it's a spoiler, so I won't give it away. Anyway, the documentary <laughs> is riveting and I just plowed right through it. I'm obsessed. I love interesting documentaries and docuseries Mm. like that oh god i love a good one and this was a good one it was wild also gwen's hairstyle will knock you into next week the hair teasing is just like literally six inches high okay i am okay so i guess i will give a spoiler she is dead she died in a plane crash in 2021 spoiler oh my god what Uh is that yeah how does she get it to look like that? She had a personal hairstylist come tease it for her. For free. Like, do you remember those bump it things? Yes, I had several. <laughs> it looks like she just has like an extreme bump it like on the top of her head. Well, you guys, we will definitely post a picture, I guess. I don't know what we'll do, but we will show you. This hair has to be seen. Wow. And quite literally, it's like six or eight inches off of her head. It is insane. That was not what I was expecting. Anyway, her story and the story of how her church called the Remnant Church came to be. Yeah. And it's it's absolutely wild. Wow. That sounds... I really enjoy a good cult documentary just because, like, true crime is hard for me to, like, get too into because my imagination is too wild. And I'm just like, what if this happens to me? But, like, cults are a little bit easier because, like... I don't know. I just don't see myself getting into a cult as much. So that's but what like... was really riveting about this one because it's Bible following. So yeah. it's very Christian in nature. So, I mean, it's common for a church to split and for like yeah. another sect to yeah. arise. And so for a lot of the congregants, like that's what this was for them. Like it was someone who like helped them lose weight when nothing else worked and so like they were believers and they found like a sense of community and belonging Mm -hmm. and it was you know the christian teachings that they always knew but it like kind of morphed over time and like the brainwashing and the way that cults work with isolating you yeah it was just done so sneakily that like everyone they interview it's like very regular people like me and you yeah, Maybe this will be too true. Like they didn't, me. they didn't like prey on the destitute. In fact, many right. of these people were well-to-do, and predominantly white because it mm-hmm. takes place in the like rural Tennessee yeah. or semi-rural, wealthy rural Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, wild. So wild. this could be triggering in that sense. Yeah. Like it's it was so sneaky yeah. how it happened. Crazy. Yeah. What are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with my new 
pet camera that I got for Christmas from Chip and Lucy. Oh, <laughs> I love that my mom gave it to me from Chip and Lucy. I just want to be able to see what my cats are up to at all times and make sure they're alive because, you know, that's something I worry about. My brain is a fun place, but I have wanted a little pet camera so I can like check in on them and see what they're doing, make sure they're sleeping on the couch, which I figure that's all they'll ever do is I'll just watch them sleep. But it'll be fun to be able to just like check in on them when I'm like, like, especially if I'm like on vacation or something. I mean, not only do I have a pet camera, like the kind that shoots treats. Yeah. We have like our indoor security cameras give us a better (laughs) and different view. And we absolutely check both. Yeah. At first, when we first got it, it was obsessive. Yeah. I was always so nervous. They quite literally do nothing but sleep. Yeah. Where did you set up your camera? So I set it up. I have like right behind my door, there's like this wall and that's where my like ring, my little key ring Mm -hmm. thing is. So there's a ledge on that key ring shelf. So I set it on that shelf so it's high enough so I could see the whole living room. Yeah. Because I want to be able to see like from my desk to like the ledge up by the window to like the my sectionals. So now I can see the whole living room. Because that's usually where they'll congregate when I'm not home. My mom has one for Chip and Lucy because she started leaving them uncrated when they left for like dinners and stuff like that. They don't leave them like if they're going to be gone like a long time. But she's like, I just want to see what they get up to. And they literally do nothing but sleep. (laughs) And I'm just like, they're like crazy monsters when we're there. But then when they're all alone, they're just like, we're just going to sleep on the couch. (laughs) So that is the funniest (laughs) one. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that will do it for this episode of The Friendship Paradox. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about our families. And if you feel like leaving a rating and review for us on Apple Podcasts, that would be greatly appreciated. So more people can find out about us. Pretty please. Pretty please. Please don't forget to check us out on Instagram. We are at the Friendship Paradox, where we will be sharing more things in the coming year. We're hoping to get better about Instagram in the coming year. That is one of my goals. We should um, probably write down our goals. <laughs> I know. I think I just had like three goals in this episode alone. And don't forget to subscribe to The Friendship Paradox in your podcast player of choice so you can get all of our new episodes downloaded to your feed when they drop. And that's all we got for you today. I'm Stephanie. I'm Bree. Thanks for hanging out with The Friendship Paradox. Bye-bye.